At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook, a Monday show for you. The 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to everyone. Jonathan Von Tobel, senior NBA analyst, will join us in a few minutes. Uh, we will talk, obviously, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, uh, the story that never goes away. Where is Kevin Durant going to go? Where is Kyrie going to go? How can we profit from it in terms of a betting perspective? So that is coming up. We'll talk some NBA. Uh, first off, though, some baseball just quickly. You know, it's the 4th of July. Obviously, the Yankees and Mets are both playing day games. Wrong and wrong. The Mets play tonight. They do play at 640 Eastern. Boy, you think of baseball, you think of day games, you know, baseball's Memorial Day, 4th of July. Those are one of the couple of the few days where you you think of baseball. You associate 4th of July with baseball, with day games. The Yankees inexplicably off on Memorial Day and off again on the 4th of July. Just ridiculous. They do play Tuesday against the Pirates. They win two out of three against Cleveland. They continue to just steamroll the American League. They they rest everyone, not everyone, but LeMahieu Judge on Sunday. They lose the game two to nothing. Rally in the ninth, come up short. Again, their season kind of starts in October, and it depends, you know, who they get in terms of uh, deadline acquisitions. That's our interest right now. Do they get Ben Attendee? Do they get another bat? But other than that, the Yankees just continue to steamroll their way over the American League East and really the American League in general. Although I think the games against Houston were very telling in terms of uh, they can certainly use another bat. The Mets. Win Sunday against the Rangers, uh, and they look the Mets just continue to show some toughness here. As every time Atlanta inches close, the Mets just kind of 
keep them within striking distance or out of arm's reach, I guess is the better way to put it. Uh, and win when they have to win is the Mets win on Sunday. Atlanta loses to Cincinnati, a game they led uh, for, for most of that uh, afternoon, most of the game, Atlanta led. And, it, and the Mets now have a four-game lead in the loss column, three and a half overall. Mets 49-30. And, 30. and the, the Mets show some toughness, and, and the reinforcements are finally on their way. I mean, we can talk about bullpens all we want with DeGrom, with Scherzer. Finally, Scherzer is pitching Tuesday. Not finally with Scherzer. He's you know ahead of schedule, if anything, but he will pitch Tuesday. DeGrom threw a rehab game Sunday, two innings, five strikeouts. So it sounds like he is actually finally a couple weeks away, whether he can stay healthy, be healthy, be effective. Uh, I mean, his first pitch was 101 miles an hour on Sunday, so I don't think you have to worry about him being effective. It's just him being healthy. So good good news for the Mets. Good weekend for the Mets. They are in action, like I mentioned tonight. Hunter Green going for the Reds, number one overall pick. Throws the ball, similar to Grom, over 100 miles an hour. Hasn't translated to a whole lot of success. He's gotten hit a little bit. Struck out a bunch of guys, but he's gotten hit. Walker going for the Mets. Mets minus 155 favorites. Total 9.5. I will go under 9.5. I just think Walker uh, in green is is a decent pitching matchup. 9.5 is a bit of a... That's a high number to hit 10. You know, you got to score 10 runs to beat you. I do lean towards the under here or lean towards the Mets. That's an expensive price, but I would expect the Mets to, uh, to play well here in Cincinnati, Atlanta. Got their turn at Cincinnati. Atlanta's, you know, played the Pirates and the Nationals. Atlanta's beat up on a soft schedule. So now it's the Mets' turn to, uh, you know, get fat against these weaker teams. They beat Texas two out of three. Now they get Cincinnati. And it's all leading up to a uh, the first of many showdowns against the Braves here in a couple weeks. So Mets in good shape as we, you know, embrace really set up here for uh, for a, a pennant race that I think is going to last the whole summer. And, Boy, if you're the Mets, you can use another bat. You can use another bullpen arm similar to the Yankees. But you have DeGrom, you have Scherzer uh, on their way back, and you have a lead in in the division. That's about all you can ask for here if you are the Mets. So Mets in action today. Yankees are off. Makes no sense. Uh, But the story in New York, in sports, in basketball, is Kevin Durant. And uh, we will talk to JVT in a few minutes about where he thinks Durant's going to go. And the more I think about it, now, I think they'll end up trading him, but it, it's at least crossed my mind that, you know what, it, it, you lay out these trades and these potential trades, there's so many parties to satisfy. You have to be made whole if you're the Nets. You don't have any of your picks, so this is it. This, you better reestablish your future. You better really stock up here if you're the, the Nets on this trade uh, because the Rockets own your next five picks, whether that's just uh, straight up owning them or whether that's pick swaps. The Rockets own your future if you're the Nets. So the the Nets really need to load up here in terms of this trade. So if you trade Durant for draft picks, though, here's the thing. Durant's going to make those draft picks worse right off the bat because Durant's on the team. So those are going to be lower picks. If you trade Durant for players, like Durant wanted to go to Miami, but he wants to play with Butler at a Bayou in Lowry. So if you trade him for players, well, he's not going to want to go there because he wants to go to a good team. It's very hard to orchestrate a trade here. So I've thought about the idea that Durant, maybe, you know what, the Nets call around everybody in the league and, and come to the conclusion, hey, man, we tried. We know you're not happy. But we can't come up with a deal that satisfies you and satisfies us. You have four years left on your deal. We're just going to keep you for now. Whatever's going on, whatever you're unhappy about, we're, we're sorry. We apologize. 
let's try to work it out. But we're not going to make a bad deal just to make you happy. And that really is something I don't know that it's likely. It sounds like they're shopping Kyrie. So that would make me think it's unlikely, but it's not impossible. Uh, the Nets are 13 to one to win the whole thing here at Bet Rivers. Uh, if you're looking for betting angles in terms of this Durant trade, uh, the Pelicans are 40 to one. I think the Pelicans are a team that's interesting because if you're the Nets, you need to involve another team. Like I mentioned, as soon as you trade Durant to another team for picks, those picks become less valuable. So you need a team that has somebody else's picks, like the Pelicans have the Lakers picks. So could you trade the Nets? Uh, if you're the Nets, could you trade Durant for Ingram, Herb Jones, and a bunch of Lakers picks and a bunch of Pelicans picks? That's not terrible. Uh, another one, and again, the Pelicans are 40-1. to 1. That's not awful, but he go to New Orleans? Who knows what Durant's thinking? I mean, really, who knows? Another one, Toronto. Toronto is 55-1 to 1 here at Bet Rivers to win the whole thing. Now, he got hurt there a few years ago. And remember, they cheered when he got hurt. Would that affect his decision? That's interesting. But they have the pieces, whether it's Siakam, Scotty Barnes, uh, you know, Precious Achua, future picks, OG Ananobi. That's not impossible. Again, taking a shot here at whatever, 55-1 to 1 to win the title. The Raptors, the Pelicans, and the Nets, I think. Now, look, the Suns are the favorite to, to land him, and they are plus 550 at Bet Rivers. I think part of that. Plus 550 is built in with the idea that, hey, Durant wants to go there. They have eight and they have bridges. Is that enough? It's possible. I mean, you could do worse than eight and bridges. Is that enough if you're the Nets? Uh, obviously, the Suns will throw in picks. I guess that's doable. But, uh, I would look to take a deeper, you know, a longer shot here with somebody like the Pelicans, like the Raptors, or just say, you know what? Maybe he just stays with the Nets. So, I think this is going to be a longer deal. I, th I don't think this is going to happen overnight. I think the Nets are going to call around. And this is the Nets' future. I mean, look, they went every they went through everything with Car Garnett, Pierce, you know, mortgaging their future and coming up empty, not even making a conference finals, having that blow up in their face, owing the Celtics all those picks. That didn't work out for them. And again, this is a different regime, but I think the Nets are going to be very careful here, cross their T's, dot their I's, and make sure they really hit the mother load here in a deal. So that's not a deal you do overnight. I don't think it'll be done today, tomorrow. I don't know if it'll be done this week. I think this could drag out for a long time, and I don't rule out the possibility that Durant uh, ends up staying here with the Nets. I don't know if it's likely, but I don't think it's impossible. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, coming up next, JVT, what does he think? Where's Durant going? How do we bet it? Where's Kyrie going? Who are his sleepers for next year? That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook? Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to two hundred and fifty dollars when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be twenty-one or older. Available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call eight seven seven eight Hope NY or text Hope NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. He is senior NBA analyst, host of The Edge on VEASAN. It is Jonathan Von Tobel. JVT, what's up, man? How's it going? It's good, man. Uh, I just got two weeks off, so I'm fired up. I go back to work on Monday. So, you know, refreshed and ready to roll. It, it's so weird, dude. July, I, I was telling my wife, I feel behind and like prep for football and stuff like that. Like I've started, but I feel like I, I really got to get it going, even though it's only July. It feels like football season's here already, you know? It's football season, and it's really it's one of the more exciting times for basketball. 
Yep. Uh, and I guess we'll just jump right into it. As senior NBA analyst, uh, you are required by law to answer this question and to answer it correctly. Where will Kevin Durant play next season? <laughs> correctly is uh, um, I will not uh, I will not bank on that, but I will say uh, all signs. I think all signs do point to Phoenix to a certain extent. So I'll go with the safe answer. Um, look, they have the assets to go and send out to one Kevin Durant, if that's going to be the case. They have um, a good young centerpiece in a Mikhail Bridges type. Uh, they have also uh, other pieces that they can put in with him. They control all of their draft assets, so they can use those as well to send over to Brooklyn if they want. So there's the pieces there. It makes sense if that's going to be the case. Um, but I'll say this. Look, I, I just – the four years of control changes things. And there are teams out there, Toronto, New Orleans – that really have some, I think, tempting assets as well as draft capital that they could build something theoretically that the Nets would want that they could send there. The question is, what does Kevin Durant do? Is he a pain in the ass? All those sort of things. I'll go with Phoenix as a safe answer, but I do think I would watch out for Toronto. I think that would be my dark horse team. They've got a lot of good pieces. They're a very well-run organization. They're a team that has already done this before with Kawhi Leonard, except that was the rental. And from top to bottom, they are so well run that even if you trade for Durant and he's not fully sold, I would believe in that team bringing him into an office and being like, look, man, like this is our vision. This is what we got. Like we're going to be freaking good if you buy in. And so I would use Toronto as my dark horse. But I think the Suns are favored for a reason. Yeah, I guess my only question, and I agree with you, Toronto, uh, and we can get to the betting aspect of this, and you take a shot at Toronto at you know, 60, 70 to 1 just in the hopes that Durant gets there. I think these books are very cautious to post where will Durant odds go based on mm-hmm. everything that happened with Paolo Boncaro first overall, and we can get to that later. Um, I guess from the Nets' perspective, is Aiton and Bridges, look, that's a nice package. Those are two good players, young players. Is that enough here if you're Brooklyn where you don't control your draft uh, for the next five years? Those picks are all going to the Rockets. All right, the Suns are going to give you picks, but how valuable are those picks going to be if Durant's on the team, especially you know Booker's young, uh, Chris Paul for whatever he has left? Is that enough for you if you're the Nets? But I, it might not be. But here's the thing: one, two, you, you, I would think you probably add in Cam Johnson, um, who's also a pretty good young wing player, um, who's done pretty good things for the Phoenix Suns. But also, I mean, you're sending off Kevin Durant, so any one of these, any of these picks that you're getting back are going to be watered down, right? If you send them even to New Orleans, it, you know, let's say you get Brandon Ingram back. Like, that's still a crew if it's Zion, C.J. McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas. That's a team that's going to be top four in the Western Conference and has a, a chance to make some noise. So those kind of, those picks aren't going to be great. You're in a situation where it's about volume of picks as opposed to, like, where they're going to end up because you're sending a player of Kevin Durant's caliber. So you're right. Like, they're not going to be that valuable. But I think at the end of the day, if you're Brooklyn, it's just about acquiring as many of those assets as you possibly can, right? So you can get them back. I mean, look at Minnesota, for example. Minnesota sends off a crap ton of draft picks to the Utah Jazz, and they might not be valuable in a few years because they're probably going to be a you know top five, top four team in terms of seeding. Uh, but you're still getting at least a lot of capital back, you know? Yeah, uh, boy, it's a tricky deal to do for all the reasons you just mentioned because you got to satisfy three parties. If you're the Nets you got to be made whole. You don't have your picks. you got to really hit the lottery here and get something that's going to satisfy you for now and for years to come. Uh, you got to satisfy a trade partner. And at the end of the day, you do have to satisfy Durant. Not that you have to do any deal he wants to do, but he can kill any deal if you trade him. Let's say, all right, uh, I don't know. Atlanta traded all those picks, so Atlanta's not a good example. But let's say you know you, you worked out a deal with Atlanta, and he says, you know what, I don't want to go to Atlanta. He can kill that deal. So it's very hard trying to – you know, figure out how to satisfy three parties. 
And then again, if you're trading him for picks, those picks are going to be watered down as soon as Durant joins the the roster. And if you're trading him for players, like he mentioned the other day, or it was reported the other day, hey, I want to go to Miami. Oh, but by the way, you better leave Butler out of Bayou and Lowry on the team. It, it makes it very hard to do a deal. Right. Well, and they can't trade for for what it's can't worth. Adebayo can't be traded. But but like so he can he can kill a deal to a certain extent. But at the same time, with the with him signing that four year extension, like he's also not in a position of leverage, right? Like these guys that have because I keep seeing like well Anthony Davis did it, and like well yes, but Anthony Davis wasn't on an expiring deal, right? So that's what happens is if you're a team that is trading for an Anthony Davis, he kills that deal by saying go ahead and trade for me. I'm not resigning. Now, the Raptors made the exact same gamble. The difference was it paid off. They won an NBA Finals, and then Kawhi ended up leaving. But that was totally worth it. So in this instance, you know, like he can say that, and it probably kills a deal here and there. Like you know, A team like Oklahoma City, for example, if you're really looking at it, Oklahoma City could trade for him in a second. They have a ton of young pieces, a ton of draft capital. They can make a deal in two seconds and ship it off to him. But he doesn't want to go there, and there's no point for Oklahoma City to do something like that. But like you know, when you're talking about some of these teams – you know, like you could theoretically in any one of these deals that we're talking about, that seems an automatic contender, right? So it's not like I would think he would be really gung-ho to kill any deal unless it's like to a Detroit. But even then, like depending on what they ship off, him on Detroit, it's probably like a top six team in the Eastern Conference. Wow, Durant in an Oklahoma City uniform. I can't even picture that. What would that look like? <laughs> right. It's like on Twitter where they're like, here, I, I dropped this edit real quick. And it's, you know, it's like a player in his old uniform, whatever. You know, who? did you see the latest report who's sniffing around him? Uh, Golden State. And Golden State's got the assets to do it, too, if they wanted to. Could you imagine? Is that irony? They win a title, and then again, <laughs> they go in and bring in Kevin Durant? That one I don't buy, I think, on both parties. I think Golden State, from everything I've read and heard, Golden State's kind of good with the KD experience. They're all set. I don't know if they want to go down that road again. And why does Durant? Durant's gotten killed for all these years for joining a title team. He's going to go back and join another title team. That one would be hard to 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 uh, to believe. Well, that and it's always reported, but you don't know. Like they're saying, like they called Brooklyn. It could just be as simple as, hey, you guys are trading Durant, huh? What are you asking for? Like just out of curiosity. I'm like, all right, talk to you later. Um, but I mean, look, it was also. I mean, look, we should not. We should also point out the fact that there's a reason why his two teams that he was preferred to are the two top seeds in their respective conference this past season. Kevin Durant, I, I think he he bristles at the notion of being criticized for it, but he's also not shy about where he wants to go, which is a team that's going to give him the best shot at winning a title. I I think if I'm the Nets, I want to involve somebody that has somebody else's picks, like the Pelicans. I know it's not mm -hmm. perfect, but they at least have a lot of the Lakers' future and. Uh, who knows with LeBron and Davis. And if they get Kyrie, I actually think they're going to be pretty good with LeBron, Davis rested. If you add Kyrie as a third piece, maybe that's not a title team, but a conference finals team. But regardless, I want to involve somebody that has somebody else's future. Because like for all the reasons we just mentioned, if I trade you Durant, well, you're going to be good. I don't want your picks necessarily. But if I trade you Durant and I have you know the Lakers picks, all right, Ingram, Herb Jones, a bunch of Lakers picks, a bunch of your picks, a bunch of Grizzlies picks, hey, uh, we have a year where Durant and Zion get hurt. Maybe your pick is good. Do you think the Pelicans could be a team where, uh, first of all, would he go there? And second of all, just the idea that they have other people's picks make that reasonable. I they, So outside of Toronto, once their name was dropped, I actually, uh, I think I was tweeting with Kelly Bidlin, you know, one of our producers, and I was uh, messaging with Chad Andrews, who were, covers uh, cover sports out in Denver and follows the NBA on a day-to-day -day basis like me. New Orleans was the first one like that out of, out of like the, you know, the top two was I think you immediately point to. They have a lot of the assets. And as I mentioned, like, so you would think that 
if you're Brooklyn, you're going to ask for Zion. But in the end, you could still get a Brandon Ingram, which is is uh, like we'll call him Baby Durant. You know, six foot ten, six eleven, scoring guy who can shoot over everybody and looks like you know he was compared to Kevin Durant when he was coming out. Um, but that's a really good, solid piece to build around in terms of a package. And like you said, the draft kit, the picks could be really good because they're not going to be directly tied to New Orleans. They have assets that they control that the Brooklyn Nets could ask for on top of young pieces in that depth that they have too, right? So I would say yes. Like if it's like Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, and you know a plethora of draft picks, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, I, I think you're looking at that hard. And if you're Kevin Durant, I mean, look, that's that's a pretty solid team. They pushed the Phoenix Suns. I think once you add yourself to that equation, you're talking about C.J. McCollum, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas, a team that's got some still depth if they ship off those two pieces, as I mentioned. I think that's a team that not maybe this year, but then once you add in the next offseason, could be very much a title contender in the New Orleans Pelicans. I, I think if you're, I think if you're Kevin Durant, you can talk yourself into that being a pretty good opportunity for you if you do get shipped off there. All right, three bets I made at long odds. I'm going to make you guess the third one. The Raptors, I think, mm -hmm. is a good bet. Just for who knows, they could get them. The Pelicans, all right, who knows, they could get them. Who's the third team? I think at long odds to win the title, uh, just because who knows, Durant could be on the team next year. Hmm. Can you give me a hint? Is there any Should hint? I give you a hint? Should I give you? I'm trying to think of what would be a hint that would give it away. Not give it away. Um, mm. Here, you know, let me pull up the odds really quick. How about that? So it's a long shot. Longish. I've seen it twenty to one, thirty to one. Uh, I'm trying to say say enough without saying too much. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be like a. I know a lot of people are speculating like Utah, like they're selling so they can nah. they can land Kevin Durant. Like that's not going to be. Sorry, right, let me see. I got these I, in front I, of me. I hinted at it with my wording. Chicago? Nah. No. The Brooklyn Nets. What happens if the Nets just say, you nah, know what? Yeah. Hey man, we got four years left on a deal. We called every team. Uh, we appreciate your feelings, but we couldn't figure out something that works for us. We don't have any of our picks. We really need to be made whole here. We couldn't work it out. Whatever is bothering you, let's sit down. Let's get in a room. Let's figure it out. Uh, at the end of the day, we're not going to just give you away here. Uh, is there a scenario where, where where the Nets and Durant just kind of mesh this out and uh, he's back on the team? I mean, there is. I, there's obviously a scenario that that happens. The problem is. It does seem very certain that Kyrie Irving is going to be dealt, yeah. and and if he's going to be gone, Kevin Durant's not sticking around, because by all accounts, as more reports come out, he 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 is still very loyal to Kyrie. Like he was not he was not happy with the way they treated Kyrie, and I think the Nets deserve some blame in this as well. You can't bend over for these two guys every step of the way, and then at the end play hardball with Kyrie and be like, "Nah, we're not giving you that extension." So I think that's really like the Nets kind of screwed themselves. So I'm not sure if that's – knowing Kevin Durant, and we don't know him at all, but just what you gather from his personality and the way that he feels about certain things, I would say that that bridge has been kind of burned between him and Brooklyn. Did you see this coming? Because I did my show open uh, Monday, and Kyrie just opted in, and it was like, all right, I guess the offseason is going to be kind of boring. Looks like Kyrie's going to be back. You figure Durant's going to be back. Yep. Uh, and then a couple days later, all hell breaks loose. Did you see this coming in any way? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> like, I saw, like, it, it's funny, like, when I'm with you, like, when I saw how Kyrie opt in, I was like, all right, like, that was all for nothing. He's going to opt in. They're going to re-sign him. Everything's going to be fine. Him and KD are going to play again together. And then my phone just starts blowing up with Twitter notifications and text messages. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And I look, and I'm like, wow, he really requested a trade. What the hell is this? And I thought it was because he didn't want to play with Kyrie. 
Like, I thought it was one of those things where he was like, dude, like, I'm not dealing with this. You opted in. You're back here. I don't want to do this anymore. Not with what we just talked about. But, no, I did not see this coming at all. But knowing how Durant and Irving operate, now looking now with hindsight, it's not entirely surprising that this is the case. If you're running the Nets, what what would you do? What uh, what package is most appealing to you? Like, who's the first phone call or two phone calls you're making? So, if we're going by the reports, like like the Raptors apparently don't want to give up Scotty Barnes, and it would be like Pascal Siakam and whatever. I'm like, I'm like, eh, I'm like, not really, don't really love that. Um, you know, the Phoenix Suns I think are at the top of that list mainly because like Mikael Bridges is a really good piece. Cam Johnson, if you get him. Uh, I don't know. I guess you could you know, talk yourself into getting eight and two, but like none of those. If we're talking about just those you're not really getting like that franchise guy, right? Like that centerpiece. Like you're not building around Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges is a really good player, but you're not, he's not going to be a Kevin Durant in five, 10 years. He's going to be an elite role player. That's going to make a player on a good team. He needs to be on a good team. And he could be a defensive player of the year potential. Uh, But like, that's not a guy that is going to carry your franchise and be the face of it. I think at the end of the day, I'm looking at new Orleans, like personally, I can get a cornerstone in Brandon Ingram, I can get the draft assets of the capital, or maybe even maybe if you finagle it as Zion Williamson, if that's going to be the case. Uh, but like, that's to me the more impactful thing. Like, if I'm not going to get Scotty Barnes, who looks like he could be a cornerstone type of piece, who's super young and looks really good, I would go the other direction and go with New Orleans. If I'm saying screw Kevin Durant, I don't really care. I'm just shipping you off to the best potential package. That's going to be the thing. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. Have you made any bets based off of this Durant news? Just kind of you know putting putting the cart before the horse and saying, you know what, I'm going to project here and I'm going to take a shot at the Raptors or the Pelicans. Have you made any bets and any uh, dipping your toe in the water at all? Raptors 55 to one. Uh, you just took, yeah, just took, just took a little shot on the Toronto Raptors. It was just, it, for me, when you looked at it, it's everything we've talked about. They have a history of doing this, right? Taking a chance and being like, you know what, our culture is enough. We'll talk, we'll talk this guy into buying in. I think they have the culture to do it. And they'd be a pretty damn good team if they got him as well. Uh, they'd be a really damn good team. So, yeah, I went to Toronto Raptors 55 to 1. What do you, what do you, it probably wouldn't matter. Would he want to play at the place where he, Suffer that devastating injury game five yeah. of the finals. That probably doesn't matter, right? Well, I think I, I think the thing that might matter is there was a smattering of like cheers oh, when yeah. he went down. Remember in the NBA they finals? Cheered for, I think it was more than a smattering. That's a yeah. great point. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I do wonder how much that like factors into like him and wanting to play there in front of all that kind of stuff. So maybe that is part of it. I think that's that's more of it than you know like the ghosts of the injury itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a good point. And boy, it's uh it's hard to believe that's three years ago now. Right. And really the fact that the Nets were up, you know, they buried the Celtics in five games last year. They're up two nothing on my Milwaukee. That's not like five years ago. That's like 13 months ago, 12 and a half months ago. I mean, it unraveled, it unraveled quicker than like, uh, boy, like, like a, a Sandy Koufax curveball. I mean, this thing just spun out of control in, in unbelievable fashion. And, and not even that, like you mentioned the Buck series. Remember he he's they're They're an inch away. His toe yeah. on the line, from beating Milwaukee and potentially moving on to face Atlanta in a series in which they would have been heavily favored. And who knows if they win the title, because remember, Harden was super injured and all that kind of stuff. But still, there's a very good opportunity at least to get to the NBA Finals if they if, if they win that series against Milwaukee. So, no, you're right. Like, this this look when I remember I was I was laughing about this to myself. It was it, I think it was last year's NBA guide. My cover story was on the Nets and how they threatened to, like, 
you know, the, the, we had this stretch where it was all this parody, right? And like no repeat teams in the finals, no repeat champions. And like this was really good stretch of NBA in terms of championships and all that stuff because there was parody. You never know who's going to win. And that the Nets threatened to kind of upend that with how good they could potentially be. And now here we are. They're going to get broken up and they're <laughs> they're going to be nowhere near uh, like a title. It's going to be crazy. I believe that the, uh, the stat I saw the other day, no team that made the conference finals in 2019 made it in 2020. Mm-hmm. No team that made the conference finals in 2020 made it in 21. Nobody that made it in 21 made it in 22. So I think we're seeing, and we can get to how this uh, impacts the futures here. I think there's real fatigue from the bubble. I know it's a couple of years ago. It sounds like an excuse if you're one of those teams, but I think there was a lot of compressed basketball. We saw with Tatum getting tired. I think the Lakers suffered from from some extent. Look, they have some of the, themselves to blame, letting Caruso go, trading for Westbrook, was, which is inexcusable. But I think there's a lot of uh, truth to the fact that, look, there was a lot of basketball played in a short time, and and it affected these guys. Well, it's, and it's not even just the bubble. It's, it's the ramifications of the bubble, right? It's the schedule being compressed for the last yes. two, three seasons now. Like, this is going to be and a the long The longer stop. you went, the shorter, yeah. the shorter your offseason. So you're almost punished for going further. Right. And so, like, we're finally now back to a normal offseason schedule where it's July 3rd and there's no basketball being played, right? Well, there is, but it's summer league. And so, like, now you get all this time off until October. This is the first normal offseason we've had in a really long time. So we'll see if that changes things here. I mean, look, it affected a team like the Warriors. Warriors, even though they didn't make it to the bubble, they, there were injuries aplenty for them. And, and like, they, you know, they, that's the thing that kept pushing them back here. So I would say, yeah, like, it's not just the bubble itself because it's not an excuse. It's the ramifications from that and how compressed the next two seasons got following that. This offseason is now full, and we're going to see what that effect is going to be for these guys now that we get into next year. A couple more quick ones before we get you out of here. Uh, Kyrie, I think he's going to the Lakers. I think all this stuff about oh, the the uh, the Sixers, the Mavs, I don't buy him. And Luka is a backcourt to me that's too small defensively. I really don't buy him with Harden because I think Harden was a big reason he asked for a trade or Kyrie was a big re- reason yep. Harden asked for a trade. I think this is just the Nets trying to get both of those 27 and 29 Lakers picks and whatever else they can extract from the Lakers. Where do you think Kyrie plays next year? Yeah, it makes it makes sense. Like they have the matching or the semi-matching contract in Russell Westbrook. It just, it, it's funny. Like I saw this. Uh, it was a great meme. It was so classic on Twitter. It was it was a guy stepping on a rake and hitting him in the face, and it just said oh, championship man. on it because that's the Lakers. You know what I mean? They they they, they build this roster just terribly. They step in it. They have no idea what they're doing with their roster construction, and they're going to stumble into getting Kyrie Irving because of everything going on here, and they're going to potentially be one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Now, we'll say, I still think that these – I don't even call them the sleeping giant. The Clippers right now in the Western Conference behind favorite. the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, like those are two really good teams that I don't know if the Lakers are going to be favored over. Even if they get Kyrie, they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. And Kyrie is definitely a better fit uh, if that's the case. But, yes, I think that – I wouldn't sleep on Dallas, but I'm with you. Like you just – if you're going to get Kyrie, you got to ship off like Spencer Dinwiddie and, and you know, Davis Bertans and like a little bit of the depth that you got. I, I just think if you're you're Dallas, you're kind of rolling with what you have right now as you get into the season. Kyrie's not going to make that big of a difference. Another kind of ISO ball player. Uh, I think that it's it's coming up all Lakers at this point right now. Yeah, the Lakers, they're the uh, they're the pretty girl in class. They don't study. They don't do their homework, but they just kind of bat their eyelashes and they end up with like an A-. minus. It's just, it's hard to believe. And I do think Irving and I'm not a huge Irving fan. I think, you know, he's obviously greatly skilled, but I don't know that his talents always lead to winning. But, hey, if he's your third best player, and, again, with the uh, the thing from the bubble in terms of these teams being tired, the Lakers, uh, Davis, LeBron, they're going to hear all summer how they're done, they're no good. Davis is going to hear that he's soft. LeBron is going to hear that he's, he's not winning championships anymore. I think they're going to be rested. I think they're going to be motivated. 
And I think they're going to be good. Now, do they have enough two-way players to win a championship? That I don't know. But I do think the Lakers kind of bounce back and look, it'd be impossible to be as bad as they were last year. No, it would be. But I'll say this. Like, you you just you have to ask the question now every single year with this is even if you get Kyrie Irving, like, what are you getting? Right? I don't care if it's LeBron James. Like, we could – LeBron is probably talking himself into, like, I'll, I'll control Kyrie. You know, he'll, he'll behave, for lack of a better term, with me. But this is a guy who played 29 games of this last year, 54 before that, and 20 before that. And those are his three years with Brooklyn. You know, the, like this is – at this point, you ask yourself, even if you get Kyrie Irving, what are you getting? How many games are you getting? Will he be available to you for whatever reason? And, I, like, that's that to me is always going to be a pause for the Lakers. On paper, like you said, if there's a game in which Kyrie, AD, and LeBron are all on the floor together, it would be really freaking good. How many games are there? How many of those games are there yeah. going to be? And also with AD and his injury history, too. I think that's 100%. a really big question mark for you. And LeBron, I mean, this is year five with with LeBron and the Lakers. He's been there four years. He's been had major injuries three of the four. So yep. I agree. If they're all on the court, they're dangerous. But are you going to keep all those guys on the court You know, in May, 70 to 82 games? That, that I'm not sure of. Uh, again, a couple quick ones. The Sixers, great offseason. T- Tucker, House, Melton, two-way guys, guys that can shoot, guys that can defend. This team has screwed me so many times. I just I have scars from the Hawks series two years ago. This past year, I just needed to get to a conference finals. I had great numbers on them. Uh, I could see myself being tempted. Now, the number's not long enough where, it, where it'll tempt me, but watch them. The year I don't bet them, this will be the year they go to the finals. What are your thoughts on, on the Sixers, and uh, do you agree they've had a, a really good offseason here? I have had a Sixers win the NBA Finals ticket in my little cart on my app like 20 times in the last two days. And I've just sat there and looked at it, whether or not I want to bet it at this point right now. Because I agree. I love their offseason. I think DeAnthony Melton is an awesome piece to add to their bench. I think P.J. Tucker is a perfect fit. They are sniffing around Eric Gordon as well, which is going to be a pretty good fit if he gets in there too. They're just adding defense and shooting, and it's everything that they needed. And the cool part is is that they're adding – like. Those are the same players, right? It's not just like a Matisse Thibel who can only defend but can't shoot. It's guys who are 3 and D type of players who really fit with what they need. And on top of that, Tyrese Maxey's a really good legitimate player. For whatever you say about Harden, he's still a top 25 player in the NBA and only has to be like the third wheel on that team with the way that Maxey has developed outside of Joel Embiid. I I am I really like what the 76ers did this offseason. Like out of all the favorites, you call them, I think to me, and think about this, if we're talking about Kevin Durant leaving the Eastern Conference, you can they're the second best yeah. team, right? Third best team in the Eastern Conference, depending on how you view, because I really like the Brogdon signing for Boston, depending on how you, you view Boston and Milwaukee, they're up there. And I think that'd be they're a really good team, man. I really like what they did. Yeah, and I think after they lost to the Heat, uh, Embiid mentioned, hey, we need to be tougher. We need some toughness. We need a guy like P.J. Tucker. Then they go out and they sign P.J. Tucker. Yep. Uh, the Knicks, I don't mind the Brunson signing. I don't think it's good. He's not going to embarrass him. He's a hardworking player. He's a good player. He's won championships in college. Uh, what's the direction here for the Knicks? Right. That's my issue. Yep. I'm with you. Like, you, your team, I love Jalen Brunson. As a Clippers fan, like, there were times where, I, like, there was rumors that they were sniffing around him, and I was like, dude, please acquire him. Like, he would be an awesome piece for them. Um, but at the same time, if you're a team like New York, who didn't even make it the play-in last year, Jalen Brunson gets you to the 10th seed, right? Like, cool. Congratulations. That's fantastic. But at the same time, like, if that's your move, then I don't know what else you're doing at this point. To me, it just – so I, I tell the story. I think I've told you this before. So in 2017, I took a trip to New York uh, for some business. And I walk out, and it was me and John Murray of the Westgate Superbook. And we walk out of Penn Station, and up, in the, up on this building is this big sign. And it says, 
LeBron, you think you're the king of New York, you come and prove it, right? It was right when LeBron was having his free agency. And I feel like we've gone down this road where it's been like, LeBron's coming, now Kyrie's coming, we're getting Zion, maybe we get Donovan Mitchell. All right, Jalen Brunson, one hundred five million dollars. You know what I mean? Like it's just been kind of this desperation to get somebody, and they finally got him. But it doesn't make that big of a difference. Now, and these guys, you know, Leon Rose, this whole regime—they talked a big game coming in. Hey, we're going to be a magnet for the superstars. I think a couple problems. They haven't gotten those guys. I think they counted on Booker, Towns, the Kentucky connection. But those guys, those teams ended up being pretty good. So I think that's yep. killed it. So I just don't know. I don't hate the signing. I don't think it's great. I think it's a little too much money. It's not horrible. He's not going to embarrass you. I just don't know like what your path is to even getting to a conference finals here. Um, speaking of which, I think we're seeing these teams. The worst thing you can be in the NBA is in the middle, the play-in, you know, six seed, the Indian and Pacer territory. Look, man, I'm, I'm a simple guy. If you can't win the title, I, I don't go all in. We saw the Hawks. We saw the Timberwolves make trades, kind of all in trades. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, do you have a different perspective? I think I get I get Minnesota more than I get Atlanta, right? Because if you look at Minnesota, one of the things that they also did that I think flew under the radar was sign Kyle Anderson. So now you add you add Rudy Gobert and you add a defensive wing that you can play in that lineup with D'Angelo Russell, with Carl Anthony Towns, and with Anthony Edwards. That's actually a pretty formidable starting five that I think is going to be a little bit of a problem in the Western Conference. So especially I, like, regular season, I think. I right. Especially in the regular season. And and think about, like, we've seen these last few years. I mean, a couple of these teams that make it to the finals, they, they get some some good injury luck on the other side in terms of their opponent. So now all of a sudden, you know, if something bounces right for you and you're facing an opponent in, let's say, the second round that's missing their best player, second best player, you can win that series and find yourself in the Western Conference Finals. Like that, I think that's something that can happen for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I, I kind of get it. Like, I kind of like it. And like you said, I think they're going to be a really good regular season team but for Atlanta I just you know you ship off Kevin Herter you, you acquired uh, you acquire Murray and your backcourt's great and you're my top rated uh, league pass team like I can't wait to watch you but I think at the end of the day like we're talking about with Jalen Brunson it's just on a different level like cool you have solidified yourself as a playoff team are you beating Milwaukee are you beating Boston are you beating Philadelphia and I just don't think that's going to be the case so it's a, it's a nice move but if that's the only thing you're doing then I just don't know the difference that makes in terms of making a title uh, realistic for the Atlanta Hawks, you know? Yeah, I like. I, I think the Jazz will probably unload Mitchell. I, yes. I, I wonder what you think about you, – you think so too? I, I think you have to. Like, I just – I don't understand. And Windhorse said this too, uh, who had a great week, by the way. Oh, um, man, what a performance that was. <laughs> that was it was brilliant. Had it spinning in circles. It was awesome. Um, but – I think when you're looking at it from this perspective, because like there's like they're 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 talking like they're going to rebuild around him, but like why? You, you shipped off Rudy Gobert, you shipped off Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles is now part of the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's by the way, that's a pretty good signing too. I really like nice that one. Um, but like, if you're looking at Mitchell, like what what's the realistic like? What are you doing? What are you like? What are you making this team? How are you making this team more competitive? Because you're not Bogdanovich. That's is the problem. Older. He's making him more competitive. He's going to put him in the play and ruin the, ruin their chances at Webayama, which is going to be my last question. You yeah. don't want to be in the middle. I don't want to be the nine. I want to be the seventeen. I want the ping pong balls. Yeah. So I like. I just don't get. I think it just it makes more sense to just ship him off now. Just go full fire sale. Get rid of him. Go get the assets and try as hard as you can, like you said, to go get Wimbanya or however you pronounce his last name. I always butcher it. Uh, but to, to give yourself an opportunity like the Spurs are doing to go get a transcendent talent that should be like minus 600 to go first overall right now. You know, they, that should be your goal. It should not be keep Donovan Mitchell and win the nine seed and then hopefully you get in. It just doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, and you'd have to play the one-seeded Lakers anyway in the first round, so it's not even worth it. <laughs> um, ha- have you seen Webayama? I mean, it would be poetic just if, if the Jazz traded Gobert, one French center and one other one came in. Have you seen his kid play? No, I've, so I've seen, like, highlights and whatnot, like – I, I I get it. Like I think I saw, like you said, the uh, the Gobert footage and everything like that. Look, he's seven three. He's seven three. He's seven three, wow. and he and he looks like he can handle the ball like Kevin Durant. Like it's wow. it, it that's that's worth it, right? Like that is something that you're gonna go tank for. These last few years, it hasn't been like that guy. Zion Williamson was supposed to be that guy, and he he's shown it in flashes, but he hasn't been on the floor. This looks like one where you're like, let's do it. Like I I will I will sell the farm. If I'm one of these middling teams to go do this, it's why I don't get what the Kings are doing. It's like some of these teams, I'm just like the Knicks. I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to do here. But yeah, like I, the little bit I've seen from him, if that, like, that's the guy you want to build around for the next 10, 15, 20 years, I think that's the dude you're trying to do it with. Yeah, I think that's what the Spurs were doing. So, you know what? Murray's a good player, but let's go backwards. There's no point in going forwards. JVT, appreciate you coming on, man. Let everyone know uh, where they can find your work. Uh, let's see, vsin.com slash JVT. Um, and cool week. Uh, we are going to be broadcasting live from the Summer League this week out here wow. in Las Vegas. So Matt and I will be on set out there, Thomas and Mack Center. So we'll have some coverage from out there, a lot of NBA, a lot of good guests. Um, yeah, and then the Edge, yeah, Monday through Friday, 1 to 2, and then the Sunday show at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. JVT, you're the best, man. Appreciate you coming on. Anytime, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Jonathan Von Tobel. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk more Durant. We'll talk more baseball. Scherzer makes his return to the Mets Tuesday night in Cincinnati against the Reds. So we'll discuss all of that. See you tomorrow. Don't forget to download, rate, review, subscribe. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.